This episode of Tour Denver is brought to you in collaboration with Sunrise Robot. Be sure to visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Tour Denver is a storytelling event created by Amber Blaze, Derek Mund, and me, Michael Edwards. Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen and three curated storytellers share their tales. All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming Tour events and listen to other episodes at RackandTourDenver.com. This Tour event took place at the Dive Inn on May 10th. The topic was First Adventure. During each Tour event, we invite the audience to sign up and tell their own stories. Out of our volunteer storytellers from this event, we chose two to share with you. Our first impromptu raconteur is Morgan, who tells a story of his first shore leave. This story takes place when I'm 17 years old, uh, and I'd been training for the past three or four years as a sailor. I'd like worked on these ships all over the world, and I finally got this job on this like really famous tall ship called the Sea Cloud. It was this beautiful. 400-foot boat, uh, and it had four masts, and all the rich people came and did these amazing, like, two-week cruises, and I was, I was a crewman, and I was the only American crewman. There were uh, something like 39 Filipinos, 10 Germans, and a Russian guy on this ship, and me, um, and I was the youngest by about nine years. I was 17, and uh, the ship docked in Kiev one day, Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, we had like six hours to go out and figure out what was going on. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to go find an internet cafe. I'm going to call my parents. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'm going to go get a beer. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this. Like, look out and just kind of look around. And so I'm walking up kind of this main road in Kiev. I have no idea. I'm just wandering, kind of stumbling around the streets, seeing what's up, looking for an internet cafe. And... Um, out of nowhere, around the corner, comes the first mate and the bosun. The bosun's kind of like the, the, the chief non-commissioned officer of a boat. So the first mate and the bosun come around the corner, this German and this big, fat Filipino, and goes, Morgan, where are you going? And I say, well, I'm, I'm going to an, an internet cafe to call my mom. And, uh, and the first mate looks at me and he goes, hmm, no, you're not. You should come with the officers and go get a beer go on an adventure. And like, obviously, like a hapless, lowly supernumerary, the lowest man on the crew, I was like, all right, I'll do what the first mate tells me. Let's go drink. Um, so I, I follow him, and I, I notice we're walking by like all these different cafes and lovely bars, and, and we're still walking, and I, I'm following him, and he, we're going into like narrower and narrower streets, like way in the inner city of Kiev, and I'm like, I hope you guys know where you're going, because I'm totally lost right now. And we're winding, winding back into like narrower and narrower alleyways until finally there's this little half door. It's about as high as this, this counter right here. Wouldn't, wouldn't go past my shoulder. And... Uh, and he knocks, and this lovely woman in silk gowns comes out and opens it up and says, oh, Commander, come in. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? So I'm sitting there, and I come in, and I come into this lovely room, and it's full of plush pillows and like really thick, rich you know, textures and fabrics. And, and I'm like, what's going to happen now? Like I'm... <laughs> 
going on? So it's, it's a key that I'm 17 that I still haven't figured this out, right? Like, I've, I just, like, I genuinely don't know what is happening. Um, and, um, and just as I'm, like, starting to kind of think this through, go through the possibilities of, like, you know, maybe there's just, like, a really funny dude that serves beers here, I feel a tongue that kind of runs up my neck and into my ear. Um... And part of me was, like, really freaked out. I'm still a virgin, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And part of me, you know, I'd been in a room about the size of this one with 30 Filipinos for three months, was like, oh, my God. This is great. And, um, and so, so by now I figured out what, what's going on, right? Just like all of you in this room. And, and, uh, and you know, out comes, out of, out of this door in the back comes a procession of, of Ukrainian women. And Ukrainian women are beautiful. And they're just like purring and, you know, doing their thing, circling around, giving us their sexiest face that they could possibly pull up with puckered cheeks and really slanted eyes. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to do this. 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 And then the one that looked my ear took my hand and I was like, yep, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Um, so she pulled me in, and the first mate was like, yeah, go for it. And, um, and I, I get pulled, pulled into this other little side room that's just like, it's like a concrete bunker with a mattress on the floor and an electric fan. And I'm so nervous that I'm just, like, shaking. Like, I, I can't control my hands. And I, I think that this, this you know, my, my working woman clearly got a kick out of this. So she was just, was just like, she didn't speak any English, but she did know the word relax. So she was just like, relax, relax. And I was like, okay, I'm, re- I'm trying to relax. I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing. And she slowly lowered herself down to my waist. And about 45 seconds later, I went out to rejoin the first mate. Um... And he's like, what, you didn't like her? And I was like, no, no, it was great. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and like, all the girls are like really confused. They're like, what if he didn't like her? And I'm, and I'm just standing there. At this point, I'm like, I'm actually shaking. I like, can't control myself. And, and the woman comes out and lights this cool long cigarette. And I took a look at her and I am so scared that I'm just like, okay, cool, I gotta go, I'll see you at the ship. And I grab everything and I bolt out of the room. And now I'm lost <laughs> in back alley Kiev. And I'm just like, oh my God, what does this mean? What's it gonna happen? So I go into this dark corner alley bar and I just like don't wanna come back to the ship because I'm so embarrassed. There's like this part of me that's like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? They're all gonna laugh at me. Um, and I get up just hilariously drunk alone in Kiev at 17. And finally, it's like sunset, and I'm like, okay. And I climb a building, and you can see the port because the masts of the ship are so tall. And I'm like, oh, it's over there. I'm just going to, like, walk in that direction. And I finally get down just in time for my night watch. And as I walk into the galley, uh, all the Filipinos burst into applause. (laughs) So that's what happened. And now we have Chris telling us a story about his time at summer camp in California. Hey, everyone. I'm Chris Walker. So I was thinking about the theme, First Adventures. And 
I thought back to this moment. One of the funny things about U.S. culture is the whole idea of summer camp. And you really don't find that in a lot of other countries. This is this idea that parents send their kids away for a week during the summer, or two weeks, or three weeks, whatever it is, um, with supervised by irresponsible 20-year-olds, and just whatever happens, happens. And so I was thinking back to the first time that I went to a sleepaway summer camp and all the important lessons that I learned in that one week. And I was so excited because this was something that people in my hometown always talked about. The YMCA had this place on Catalina Island. I grew up in Los Angeles. So there's this island off the coast called Catalina. And the YMCA had a camp there called White's Landing. And every summer, <laughs> kids would go there for a week and incredible stories would return to the mainland. And I was about to be one of these voyagers to White's Landing. So I sign up with my friend Ryan Muller. And I don't, I don't have an older brother. And so Ryan Muller is the person in my life who introduced me to every bad thing that you could possibly do. I mean, he was the pers first person I smoked with, first person I drank with, first person I toilet papered someone's house with. So you can just imagine that he's going to be my companion on this trip to White's Landing. So we arrive on shore. It's this beautiful beachside campground. And we meet our counselors and we meet all the other strange kids from Los Angeles who are in our cabin. And uh, we meet our two counselors, these guys named Drew and Ryan. And I think within an hour of us arriving, Ryan gets stung by a bee, and he, he's deathly allergic, apparently. So there's like an emergency boat that gets sent to White's Landing, and he like goes back to Los Angeles to go into intensive care. So now we're only left with one counselor, and I still don't know what's, what we're about to face, and it turns out that what we're about to face is a nighttime raid on the girls' cabins. So Ryan Muller, of course, being prepared, had brought a bunch of super soakers with him. So that night, um, we went out and we stocked the girls' cabin, and we went in and just doused all of them and came back. And I don't remember what cabin number we were, but we immediately became sort of the personas non grata in, in the campground. So the next day, they had this like st mock Star Wars lightsaber battle because it was the same year that Star Wars Episode I came out. <laughs> so they were playing that really intense chorus music where Darth Maul is like battling Obi-Wan Kenobi. And everyone is like, you know, doing these fake lightsaber things on this field. But Ryan noticed that there's all these like buffalo chips lying around. <laughs> So buffalo chips are actually just large pieces of dried buffalo shit. Um, and the reason there's buffalo shit on Catalina is actually because it was used in movie sets uh, because it's close to Hollywood. So someone had brought over buffaloes, and I guess some of them went wild, and so Catalina has a native buffalo population. <laughs> so, so our cabin... 
let's just call it cabin number three, decides that this lightsaber battle is not nearly exciting enough. So we start using the buffalo chips and like chucking them at the other cabins. Um, so that was the second strike against cabin number three. Third strike was the next day when they had an event called the Martha Stewart Dinner. And the idea was, I think because we were being really sloppy inside the cafeteria, they wanted all of the cabins to compete with each other to see who could be the most well-mannered and who could be the cleanest at dinner. And there was some sort of award that was attached to this that most people were excited about. But we decided to take it to the opposite extreme. We were going to be as sloppy and as completely belligerent as possible. So we were like mixing macaroni and cheese with brownies and flinging them at people and we were knocking over Kool-Aid. And so at this point we had our first meeting with the head of the camp because things were coming to a head. And I kid you not, this guy's name was James Bond. So James Bond says, cabin number three, you have officially been warned that if you keep up this behavior, you're going to be sent back home to the mainland. You're going to be leaving White's Landing. And Drew was really disappointed in us, our counselor. Um, so a couple other things happened um, that I'm still trying to make sense of. So I think the third day was when we lost Drew. <laughs> So we get back, we get back from this, this meeting of all the cabins, and, and Drew is definitely feeling down for some reason. And he tells us this story. He says, guys, I want to tell you a story. So we all edge up to the seat of our bunk beds and listen to what Drew has to say. I'm going to tell you a story about this, this boy who grew up and never had any friends and was always confused about himself. And finally... In the senior year of high school, he met that. He met a friend, and he became a man because of that friend. And that friend was Ryan. <laughs> and this is the Ryan that got sent away from the campground <laughs> because he got stung by a bee. And so then Drew started crying and, like, went outside the tent. So we're left as all these third graders, like, what was that? <laughs> and then the next thing that, ha that, that same night, we had this, we just called him the buff guy. It was this, it was this like German ethnicity kid, also in third grade, but he was like jacked, which didn't really make sense. But he, we woke up in the middle of the night to hear him like shuffling around. He just keeps saying, can't find my slippers. I can't find my slippers. And we're like, well, what's the deal? He's like, well, I need to go to the bathroom, and I need my slippers to go to the bathroom. We're like, well, just go outside, man. And he starts just squatting and peeing in the middle of the floor. And meanwhile, and Drew isn't even here to deal with this. So <laughs> we, we have this other kid in our cabin that we, that <laughs> we called BJ. Um, we didn't even know what it meant, but it just seemed like a good nickname. <laughs> So BJ runs to go get James Bond because he decides that <laughs> things have gotten out of hand. <laughs> so James Bond, <laughs> James Bond shows up and he's clearly confused, as confused as we are. 
Um, and I, I can't remember what happened then, but there's, there's two more stories from camp that I want to tell, uh, just because they're unforgettable. So the, the next day, BJ was kind of a weird kid, by the way, and, and they had a number of costume parties throughout this week that you had to bring costumes for. And so we were going to one of these events, and my friend Ryan had brought his costume inside an Office Depot bag. So he's looking around our cabin for his Office Depot bag, and he finds another one. And he opens it up, and inside are diapers. And it turns out that they belong to BJ. And BJ was devastated. And B... And so BJ was the second member of our cabin that we lost before the end of the week because he was so devastated. He was so embarrassed that he actually went home early. It was, it's really sad looking back on it. Well, the very last thing, and this is a moment of triumph, so there is, there is a good thing at the end of this. We had this other kid in our cabin that we, na- that we had nicknames for everyone. His nickname was Stevie Wonder. Again, it made absolutely no sense. Um, I I think his name was Stevie, so he became Stevie Wonder. This was the dirtiest kid that I've ever seen. Like, if you've ever read The Peanuts um, by Charles Scholes and you know the character Pigpen that has this, like, cloud of dust around him, that was Stevie Wonder. And so at the very end of the the camp week, there was a co-ed dance, and you were supposed to find a date. And Stevie Wonder had the courage. He went up to this third grade girl that we all had the hots on, and he asked her out, and they danced. And so we were so happy for Stevie Wonder. And so my friend Ryan, after the dance, went up to fist pound him. He said, pound it, man. And so he fist pounded Stevie and broke his middle finger. (laughs) And so... That was, that was sort of the last bit, and so we went home, and I remember just thinking, how am I going to explain this to my parents? I'm not going to explain anything that happened here. There were so many lessons in terms of humi- humiliation and, and triumph and, and loss and grief that you get from a summer camp experience, and I remember when my mom was picking me up from, from the bus... James Bond was there, and James Bond knew everything that went down. And so I remember my mom first asking me how it went. I said, it went great. And then she asked, James Bond was there too, and she said, well, how was it? And he said, they were very well behaved. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Tour Denver. Visit RackandTourDenver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, and more episodes. This podcast was recorded and edited by Michael Edwards of Sunrise Robot. Visit SunriseRobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Music